Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can join me here every single Monday, recapping, of course, the NFL Sunday, talking commanders, and getting you fired up for Monday Night Football. And there's a good Monday Night Football game tonight that we will preview on the show today, got a few guests. We'll talk some VCU basketball, talk some commanders, go around the NFL. The playoff picture is becoming a bit more clear. But I'll tell you guys, happy Monday, all right, December 18th. And I had a great weekend, right? I had a great weekend. This will be the last week of AWOD Radio before we take a, a break during the holidays next week. Of course, with Christmas on Monday, December 26th, the biggest day of my year because it's Boxing Day. Why is that? Because it's also my birthday. I'll be turning 31 years old on next Tuesday. And um, so we've got a lot to get to on the show today. But like I said, I had a great weekend. Front Friday night, Saturday, VCU won. Went over to River City Roll after the game. Had a victory beer. Turned into a bunch of victory beers. Then multiple victory pitchers uh, with the bros from the podcast. Talking all about the debut of Joe Bamisil and the backcourt of Zeb Jackson and Max Scholga combining for 38 points. Had an epic Saturday night. But then Sunday came around. 1 p.m. games were fun in the NFL. Then, about 4 p.m., I turned back into the sports Grinch. It happened again. I turned into the sports Grinch. There's a lot of things in the sports world right now that are just pissing me off. I am the sports Grinch. Ho, ho, ho. I don't like staying up late to watch a sport that I already think is boring 90% of the time. What am I supposed to be excited about? The Wizards suck. The Nationals suck. Because nobody wants to play anymore. They all just want a payday. They all just want a big bag of money to sit on their ass and do nothing. It's the sports Grinch on the fans. Yep, that's how I'm feeling today after the Washington Commanders fell to the L.A. Rams. And I'm feeling like I'm not sure about my quarterback anymore. I'm not sure that Sam Howell is the guy. Now, I'm certainly not giving up on him, right? We talked about this during crosstalk with Michael Phillips. You have to play him for the next three weeks here. Oh, Jacoby Brissett was amazing. He led the Commanders back into the game, and then they had the issue at the one-yard line. But, man, if they had an extra two minutes, they might have tied the game. Good for Jacoby Brissett. And he looked good. He Really, I was talking, texting my dad. He looked like a professional quarterback. He looked like he's got starting experience in the NFL. He was mature. He threw the great deep ball. His timing was unbelievable. But I'm not giving up on Sam Howell. I am in prove-it mode with Sam Howell. That's the mood I'm in today. Sam Howell, prove it to me. If you want to be the guy here next year, you have to prove it over the next three weeks. All of a sudden, in my book, these next three weeks matter. You know, a few weeks ago, they didn't. I was ready for the end of the season. I'm still ready to fire Ron Rivera. I can't stand him. Move on from him. I don't want to watch him on the sidelines anymore. But Eric Bieniemy's is running the offense, and I need to see Sam Howell perform. I need to see his decision-making improve. I've got to see him hit some of these deep shots, not be off by a foot or two. Got to get Terry McLaurin involved like Jacoby Brissett did. I just think that these next three weeks here could be make-or-break games for the future of Sam Howell in Washington. Because I'll tell you this, if he keeps losing and that draft position keeps rising and he get a new GM and then the new GM hires a new head coach and that coaching staff comes in 
and they have a top three, top four pick in the NFL draft, they may have no choice but to take a shot on a top two quarterback because the potential of a guy like Drake May and Caleb Williams is a lot higher than Sam Howell, who was drafted in the fifth round. I'm not giving up on Sam Howell, but he needs to prove me that he can be the quarterback in Washington over these next three weeks here. How can he do that? Got to limit the turnovers. Got to throw some touchdown passes. Got to be better on third down. I, I, I can't stand images and, and clips that show up on, on social media of Sam Howell throwing a one guy on third down while there's another guy that's wide open streaking down the field. And that's happened over and over again, it feels like, over these last three weeks. You've got to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. The Washington Commanders lost yesterday and have officially been eliminated from playoff contention. The season's over. The wins and losses aren't worth anything anymore, except for draft picks, right? So to me, what you're looking at over the next three weeks here is a full evaluation of the quarterback position. That's worth everything. If I am Sam Howell currently, I'm nervous. If I'm Sam Howell, I'm now staying up late. I'm studying the game plan. Hour after hour after hour. If I am Sam, I'm playing like my ass is on fire. And I need to put a, some great film on tape. Because you know what? Ron Rivera's not going to be here next year. Ron is the guy who liked you, who gave you a shot this year. Eric Bieniemy has worked well with you at points this season. He may not be here next year. There might not be a guy on the coaching staff here currently that gave Sam this opportunity on the coaching staff next year. So if I'm Sam Howe, I am playing to put things on film for the next regime to look at. Team is 4-10 and 10 on the season. And Sam is coming off of a performance unless he was 11 of 26 for 102 yards. Jacoby Brissett threw 10 passes, threw for 124. Had a much better game. Two touchdowns. Sam Howe, one touchdown, one interception. Took a sack, was hurried throughout the entire game. An awful QBR of 27.8. Sam's got to prove something to me over these next few weeks here because I'm just sick and tired of these bad offensive performances, and I, I do not think you can just blame it all on the offensive line when Jacoby Brissett comes in and moves the ball. It's obvious that it's Sam Howell's timing as well. It's Sam Howell's timing. It's his decision-making, right? He does not read the field well. He looks like a rookie quarterback. He's He has actually regressed now to the point where – Everybody, including myself, was anointing him as the franchise quarterback over the next three years in Washington. I've got to see something over these next three weeks here. I'm not giving up on him, but in three weeks here, I need him to have two good performances. I, I and, and I really think it's going to come down to, can he win us a game? Because if you're Sam Howell, you're playing for your position next season. Like I said, if the Commanders finish the season 4-13, and I almost guarantee they're going to draft a quarterback. If Sam Howell can help the team win a game or two, he could be the quarterback next year. right? I, do, I think it's really going to come down to that draft position because we have to look at it like Washington is going to have a brand new front office next year. And the guys that they're looking at right now are watching film on college quarterbacks more than they're watching film on Sam Howell. I guarantee you that, right? Ben Johnson's of the world, Dan Quinn, Brian Flores, these guys, that are, their names are floating around here to possibly be the next head coach in Washington or another place 
in the NFL. They're watching college quarterbacks more than they're watching rookies and backups right now in the NFL, right? There are several quarterbacks that are going to get paid next year and that are mediocre. Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, a few other guys, right? They're not going to be interested in bringing those guys to Washington. The, the There's a limited pool of options at the quarterback position for Washington next year. It's Sam Howell, and I still think he's at the top of the list, and then it's college quarterbacks. I, there, there's no world in which I could imagine a new GM and coaching staff come in here and say, you know what? We're going to go back to Kirk Cousins, right? We're going to give Baker Mayfield a shot here in Washington. We're going to go with a journeyman quarterback. We're going to go with Jacoby Brissett. There's no way in hell that happens because the new coaching staff knows that they're going to be afforded a year or two to suck and to build something. And you don't want to suck and build something with a nobody, with a journeyman, with a guy you're giving one more opportunity to. You're going to want to build and take your losses with a rookie quarterback or possibly a third-year, second-year starter in Sam Howell. But he's got to prove something, and he's got to put good play on film. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. There's an awesome lunch crowd today. I'll tell you stuff. I am impressed. They've got, of course, all the holiday decorations, but I've already seen, I think there's a, a party going on in the game room. The bar is filled with a few people. So uh, the hard folks that here at Capital Ale are working hard today on a Monday. And, of course, we're here every Monday throughout the end of football season, and that includes the playoffs because there are just three weeks left of the regular season, and the playoff picture is becoming more clear. With the loss to the Rams yesterday, 28-20, to the Commanders now are officially eliminated. And, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday, Stubb. When I play Madden and I use the Commanders, we usually win games when I'm in charge, right? And then I don't know if it's because of my decision-making. Maybe I'm just so good on the sticks, right? I know the routes. I, I read the options here. I played my friend Murph last night, and I destroyed him. I was standing up celebrating in his face. I got the bestie in the house. Sit down. Do your push-ups, you loser, right? So when I play Madden with the commanders, we win games. So in a perfect world, Awad is the commander's owner, GM, and coach. And I lead us to the Super Bowl. And that leads us to our segment right now, which is I am in charge of the commanders. And Stubb is the hardworking reporter behind the scenes who's going to press me here on Stubb's press conference. What you got for us today, Stubb? All right, I'll start with the first one. Are there any players, aside from, you know, Sam Howell, that you are excited to see excel next year? And if so, who on this team? That's a good question. I'll start on the offensive side of the ball and – I feel like we figured something out here with Curtis Samuel, right? Curtis Samuel has had a really good season, had two touchdowns in the loss to the Rams yesterday, five catches, 41 yards. It feels like, man, he is a Debo Samuel light here in Washington. I don't think we handed off to him enough. Uh, maybe we would if we were winning more games, uh, but I am excited for Cam Curtis Samuel. I think I'm really excited for Terry McLaurin still. I, I thought, you know, at the end of the game, he proved – He's still him. I mean, that one-handed catch that they didn't call a catch that I believe was a catch was the greatest non-catch of the season. It really was, right? He went up 
full extension, one hand, lands on the football, somehow pins it to his shoulder. Terry McLaurin was freaking awesome yesterday. Six catches, 141 yards, should have had 200 uh, with that big catch. On the offensive side of the ball, that that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not I'm not excited for any of the offensive linemen at all. Not excited for tight end at all. Uh, defensive side of the ball. You know, Jonathan Allen made a really big deal on the Junkies today about how he believes that Cam Curl has had an ex- excellent season. Cam Curl hasn't popped for me as much this year as previous years, but I believe in Jonathan Allen, and Cam and Curl deserves to get paid at the end of the season from what he's done throughout his time in Washington. I think he's a piece you have to hold on to. I believe in Jonathan Allen. And not as much Deron Payne, but I still believe in Jonathan Allen. I'm over Benjamin St. Juice. Don't even mention him. Don't even involve him in this conversation. Uh, Manuel Forbes. My goodness, does he look lost out there. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we could bring in a defensive coach, not even have to be a coordinator, but maybe just a secondary coach, right, that can teach this guy how to play. Daryl Green, Green, the Hall of Fame cornerback, claims he could fix Emmanuel Forbes in 10 minutes. What are we waiting for, Josh Harris? Give Daryl Green the bag of money and see if he can fix Emmanuel Forbes because he was your first-round draft pick. So on the defensive side of the ball, I'd point to Cam Curl, Jonathan Allen, that's it. Good question. Next question. All right, kind of going off of that, obviously our secondary is terrible, but did the D-line show any signs of life uh, yesterday against the Rams? I mean, they had three sacks as a team. Two of them went by uh, Deron Payne, one uh, Quan Martin on, on a uh, safety blitz there. I, I Look, Jonathan Allen also said that K.J. Henry's been playing well. Uh, he had five tackles on the game, four solo, and one tackle for loss. I, I just think... What the issue is with the defensive line. So you have Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. You're going to need to draft at least one, maybe two edge rushers in the offseason. Um, I, I don't think Fedarian Mathis is the guy. Uh, right? I think they're going to probably uh, just have him be a bench piece. John Ridgeway, eh. I mean, Casey Tuhill seems to be just, uh, you know, you can get a Casey Tuhill at Best Buy and have him ready for uh, next season. Um the commander's defensive line is not as elite as we thought they once were, and obviously they're not going to be as good once you trade Montez Sweat and Chase Young. We'll see what we've got in the defensive line after the draft next season. All right. So I wanted to ask, because we haven't been seeing a lot of Terry McLaurin lately, and then all of a yes. sudden Jacoby Brissett joins the game, and he has one of his Uh-oh. best seasons. Is Sam ignoring Terry? What like What is happening there? Why is Sam not using Terry as effectively as Brissett did in, I don't know, 10 throws? Yeah, I, I think Sam is is um, scared to pull the trigger at times with some of these deep passes here, and then at times he's too obvious on when he throws it. Uh, so, look, I mean, he's making rookie mistakes. It is his full rookie season. I think Jacoby Brissett really showed the fan base that, hey, if you just play confidently and you release it on time, a lot of it is timing with Sam Howell. I, I, I believe even on the touchdown pass to Curtis Samuel, it was late, right? I think he's been a step late at times this season, and also at times this season he's been a step early on like some screen passes, throwing it too quick, not letting the defense collapse and get to the quarterback before you you know release the ball here. So uh, with Sam Howe, I think it's all about timing. And then I think it also comes down to, look, with Sam – they have not been able to give him any kind of run support, right? So that's how you usually get your wide receiver involved is 
on a hard play action fake, and the linebackers step up, and then boom, Terry's wide open in the middle of the field. Well, we haven't had the success with the rushing attack and the offensive line struggles, so some of these hard play action plays, you're seeing Sam run for his life. And then I, I go back to earlier this season when he was taking four, five, six sacks a game. I, I think his internal clock sped up to the point of not disaster, but it's messing with his performances. And the same thing happened to Carson Wentz last year. When you're the court, look, we always say it's the hardest position in the world to play. It gets even harder every time you get sacked, right? Because we are watching the game from our couch, you know, sipping a beer, you know, uh, having some chicken wings. Well, Sam Howell's having a 400-pound lineman land on him. And each time that happens, he's getting a bruise here. He's getting a bump there. You know, and I think, you know, we just don't realize how much that hurts, how much that starts to affect you over weeks and weeks and weeks of taking that kind of punishment, that kind of pain. All right. Do you think that if we had not spent four minutes... Hey, you've been asking a lot of questions here. <laughs> right, let me ask you a question. Okay. What network do you represent, huh? Uh, um, uh... They just kind of let me in here. <laughs> all right, all right. I it better not be those guys at Sports Radio 910. All oh, right. no, 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 no. Absolutely <laughs> <Okay>. not. <laughs> uh, next question for you. If we had not spent four minutes and seven plays at the one-yard line oh, boy. from yeah. the end, could we have won that game? Absolutely. I mean, the, the time management has been awful all season long. And I get it, it's the offensive side of the ball, so people want to blame Eric Bieniemy. No, it goes back to the head coach himself, Ron Rivera. That's why I've been saying, you know, for two years, I, I've been making the same stupid joke that Ron Rivera needs to hire me to be a timeout coordinator and a time uh, a clock manager because he does not manage the clock. It's obvious he doesn't play the video game mad. And everybody knows you sprint up to the line of scrimmage and you throw the football on first down so that if you're at least incomplete, the clock stops. They sprinted up to the line of scrimmage and then ran it for a negative three-yard play and then did it over and over and over again with Chris Rodriguez, not even giving Antonio Gibson an opportunity there. How about a hard play action and you throw it to Antonio Gibson out of the backfield and try to find him in the quarter of the end zone? I mean, just... The, the management there was awful, and it's just so frustrating uh, watching that because that's what bad teams do, right? And you know what it really comes down to? We have a bad offensive line. This is the National Football League. You should be able to get one yard on the first try, all right? We couldn't get it for six tries, and it's just because we have no push up front because we have a bunch of Joe Schmoes playing that position while Trent Williams is still being a pro bowler in uh, the West Coast. In the East Coast, Morgan Moses is playing well for the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon Scherf having a good season for the Jaguars. All these guys that we let walk and replace them with Charles Leno's and Sam Cosme's. And like I'm saying, a bunch of average guys that are not playmakers, not difference makers. The offensive line is the reason that they can't get one yard. All right, last question for you here. Yes. We have not had a player reach 100 rushing yards in a single game this season. There's probably a lot of answers to this question, but whose fault is it? EB, Rivera, Sam Howell, our running backs, our O-line? What's the deal? Let me ask you a question. Did you hear my previous answer? The answer is the <laughs> offensive line. Get this guy out of the press conference here. The offensive line is the reason we can't run the ball because there's absolutely no push, right? Everyone thinks, oh, man, 
You have Brian Robinson. You should be able to run the ball. Oh, man, run the dang ball. doesn't matter who's the running back here. Just run the ball more. That's what everyone's been saying. Oh, I hate Coach Eric Bieniemy. He doesn't run the ball enough. Would you be running the ball if every time you ran on first down it was then second and 11 or second and 12 or second and 10? It makes no sense to be behind the line of scrimmage. That's why they don't attempt to run very often, all right, because there's no push. There's absolutely no push. You look every single week, you know who runs for the most yards every week? Sam Howell, the quarterback, when he runs in scrambles. His average is above four, five, six. But when you hand it to Gibson, it's 3.3. When you hand it to Rodriguez, it's 3.2, right? And, and a lot of times, it's even worse than that. It comes down to the offensive line that Ron Rivera has neglected for years now, right? Like I said, he it wasn't his fault that Trent Williams left, right? That was a Bruce Allen thing. Bruce Allen completely botched that, the way they handled uh, Trent Williams, the, the tumor in his head, right? Bruce botched that. But then Ron came in and didn't want to draft an offensive lineman in the first or second round until this past year when he drafted a guy in the third and the fourth round, and we haven't seen them play because he's not a good talent evaluator, and we made him the commander-in-chief of the lousy commanders. All right, I've answered your questions. I've got to run to the restroom here. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. Come on by, grab a beer, check out the show, take an extended lunch break here on a Monday you deserve it. We are just one week away from Christmas. Stub, I've still been sticking with my theme of one Christmas movie every single day. And uh, so I'd love to hear what you would suggest here for the final seven, the last week. So we'll do that on Netflix coming up at 2.15. But there is a game tonight with a ton on the line for the playoff picture as the 10-3 and Philadelphia Eagles travel across the country to face off against the Seattle Seahawks, who are 6-7, and seven, currently on the outside of the playoffs looking in. But I believe that they have a chance to get a win here at home against Philly, even though the line is currently Philly minus 3.5. So we'll go around the NFL right now here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL. NFL hits on A1 Radio. All right, Stub, time for winners and losers of the week. First loser of the week has to be the Chargers, right? I mean, just it's like everyone forgot about that. Oh no, I didn't here on a Monday. The Chargers are now five and nine after they gave up a franchise record sixty-three points to the Vegas Raiders. That's my first loser of the week. Who you got, Stub? Yeah, I, I skipped Thursday night because we talked about that on Friday. And I'm going to begin with the losers because uh, this will probably be the most controversial one. So I want to get it out of the way. I don't think you're going to like this, but I think Sam Howell was a loser this weekend. Wow. You're just going to give not even the commanders, not even Rivera, not even the enemy. You're going to give it to Sling and Sammy here? Come they, on, they man. They benched him in the middle of the game. Any yeah. other team, if we weren't a fan of them, if I saw that happen, I would put them in the loser slot. You know what? That's a good point. At the end of the week, Stubb doesn't know the stats of the who's and the what's, the who's got the most touchdown passes, but he absolutely knows which quarterbacks have been benched. Last <laughs> week, he was all over Josh Dobbs getting benched. Now, slinging Sammy. I, I'll accept it. Give me a dong for that. That's a loser of the week right there. 
All right, give me. Uh, let me let me give out a winner of the week all here. Right. All right, and uh, I should say myself here because I was the <laughs> only sports radio host in the country that was backing the Buffalo Bills against the Dallas Cowboys. There, everyone thought, "Oh, Dallas, the hottest team in the country. Oh, D- Dak's going to win MVP. The Cowboys are so good." The Bills came to play. Josh Allen was the reason the Bills got the big win there. How about the defensive performance from the Bills as well? Dak Prescott held to 134 yards and an interception for most of that game. Uh, He had nothing. He couldn't do anything. C.D. Lamb held to seven captures, 53 yards. It was a dominating performance by the Bills. So give me Buffalo Bills as a winner of the week. I also had the Bills here, but I specifically had James Cook rushing for them. Almost, what was it, almost 200 yards rushing for the yeah. Bills? Yeah. That's a good performance. It really was. All right, who you got? Winner of the week. Winner of the week. I have the Lions just dominating on both sides of the field against the Broncos, who have been doing really good recently, put up so many points, held the Broncos at every opportunity. I, this was a great performance from the Lions. No, you're right. That's a good call. I almost forgot about this because I was a few pitchers deep at River City Roll <laughs> during that game. But, yeah, uh, I, I was. I remember turning to my friends uh, and saying, oh, we got a good one. This is a good <laughs> night game here. Broncos with playoff implications. Lions have been struggling. And then it was 21-0 at halftime. Not even a game in the second half. 42-17, your final score. Jared Goff, 5 touchdown passes. Uh, Absolutely. That's a good one. How about a loser of the week here on Sunday? The Green Bay Packers, right? Packers, Buccaneers, uh, both teams needed that win here, and the Pack are not back. Boy, they did not show up at all uh, in in that game. It was a dominating performance for the Bucs. The Pack is not looking back. You called it there. I was against you, but I'm going to give you that one. Absolutely. All right, what you got here? Give me a winner or a loser of the week. I'm going to give you a loser here, and and I'm sadly going to give it to Trevor Lawrence, who just could not finish out any of the drives for the, the Jaguars last night. And a really yeah. ugly fumble. Didn't even get touched and dropped that ball. Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, is um, as soon as they did that recording with... What's his name? Not Michael Phillips. Michael Phelps, right? Uh, <laughs> I knew the Ravens were going to win that game. I actually saw that on Saturday on social media. I thought it was brilliant, right? You know, the last time the Ravens were really good, Michael Phelps was popular. Now the Ravens are good again. Oh, let's see if we can trap, track down that uh, bong-smoking uh, swimmer once again, <laughs> Michael Phelps, looking with his long hair. And he, he said it. He said, I think everyone's sleeping on the Ravens. I've been saying it on my show. Everyone's sleeping on the Ravens, except for your boy here who still has a season-long sweat on the Ravens to win a Super Bowl. Um, So, yeah, I loved what I saw from the Ravens. They're a winner of the week for me. Lamar's magic led to an awesome touchdown pass. I mean, Lamar Jackson was spectacular throughout the game. How about, do we have the Isaiah Likely touchdown for the Ravens? Yes, we do. As Let me play they that. They went up 9 to nothing. Here is the call in Baltimore on WBAL. Now the Ravens at the 16-yard line. Lamar wants to throw, lops to the end zone, looking for his man. He's got him, Isaiah Likely. Touchdown, Ravens. And I absolutely had Lamar as a winner for this week. He he is carrying that team. And they, he's got a good team to work with, but they showed the stats. He had nine seconds, eight seconds to throw the ball thanks to his O-line. He ran the most as he does every game. I'm loving Lamar. I got a, I got a final winner of the week for you here, and I'm surprised that you did not bring this game up, all right? The Steelers have been playing some up-and-down football, but what the Steelers have done all season long, He's played great defense. Well, 
the Colts showed up. Gardner Minshew, winner of the week for me. Three touchdown passes, one to tight end Mo Ali Cox out of VCU. Mo had another touchdown pass in the end zone that he caught and then dropped when he landed, but he was good throughout the game as the Colts poured it on the Steelers 30-13 to thanks to backup quarterback Gardner Minshew. There's been so many backup quarterbacks uh, <laughs> playing this season. The Steelers had to go with Mitch Trubisky. He's awful, but Gardner Minshew, Minshew magic, and now the Colts seem to be in a pretty good spot here to make the playoffs. Yeah, I like have the same record as the Jaguars. I don't think anyone could have seen that coming. Yeah, now, absolutely. I got a big loser here for you. Okay. The Jets offense in the first half that put up four total yards. Yeah. And <laughs> just a, a disgusting performance from them. The Jets have made the losers almost every week that I've done this bit. Ooh. I know. Did you see the report Saturday, though, that Aaron Rodgers has been medically cleared to practice? Yes or no right now, does he play – this coming weekend, I say. No. I, I say no. They they are, are they have been eliminated from the playoff race. It would just right. be so dangerous and such a bad idea to put right. him out it'd on the field. So, it'd be selfish of him, right? Yes. It'd be selfish yes, it of him uh, to just say, "Oh yeah, I take ayahuasca. I come back from injuries early." A big whoop, Aaron Rodgers. You're going to re-injure yourself. That's been my take. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Zero nine ten. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from Capital Ale House here in Innsbruck. But you can check us out around the country. I know we've got a few listeners in Northern Virginia, in D.C., even up in Baltimore. And it's always available on the Odyssey app, downloaded today for free at A-U-D-A-C-Y to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And I want to get into the question everyone wants to know, Stub. Are we going to get a white Christmas? We are seven days away from Santa's big day. Will it snow this year? What do you think, Stub? It's not looking good. I did a little bit of quick research. Okay. I remember them saying a couple weeks ago it might not seen good percentages uh, now that I'm yeah. checking it out. A few weeks ago, there, that was all the rage was last year it didn't snow on Christmas, especially in Richmond. It barely snowed at all last winter. I don't think we had any like true snow days. Um, but then this year, all the reports were that there was going to be some snow coming. Now, I will say the report I read said early January. It did not say Christmas, you know, but yeah. then we had that one day, what was it, last week where we woke up and all of our cars had snow on the top of them, right? Oh, yeah. I So we were close. I just, the problem, I think it, the issue's not the weather, like the coldness, it's the precipitation, right? We're not getting enough rain to turn into snow, but I, I always love to ask people what their Christmas routine is, because I'll be honest with you, I'm always a little jealous. I am. Growing up, we celebrated Hanukkah and the Epstein family. A little Hanukkah here, Chanukkah there. But I was always jealous of my friends and their Christmas celebrations. In particular, my neighbor, Matt. I swear to you, Stub, he would open up 75 presents before 10 a.m. every single year. And he'd be sending me pictures. You know, back in the day, he was sending me emails and letting me know what he got. Oh, he got the, the new Xbox. Oh, he got the new PlayStation. Oh, he got this new laptop. So I was always jealous of people's uh, Christmas celebrations and their routines. So I love to ask about it. I, I always love to say that uh, I love 
like Christmas more than uh, most Jews. For some reason, I, I've always loved the spirit of Christmas, the happy holidays of it. Uh, so what's your routine, Stubb? What will you be doing? Yeah, well, it's it will be it's kind of been the same every year. I, I've always lived okay. close to my family, so really not much has to change. Uh, won't have a lot of extended yeah. Did family. Did you ever spend time. a Christmas in Blacksburg or no? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, so never, you always yeah. you you went to Virginia Tech, but you never stayed in Blacksburg. No, there's like no I, reason at to. school. Sometimes I stayed in Richmond, but I'm, I guess that's just because Richmond's cooler than Blacksburg. <laughs> <laughs> I I oh. will give you that. <laughs> I mean, Blacksburg uh, does not have a lot of things that aren't Virginia Tech there. Well, uh, Christmas morning is probably the one day of the year that I wake up early of my own willingness. So there's always yeah. that. I always am up at like seven or eight a.m. You know, go down the steps. We open presents, and we are a take-turns-opening-gifts family. I am aware of families okay. that all kind of dig in and start opening as fast as they can and are done with the gift opening in 10 minutes, and I got to say, that's wrong, <laughs> and I yeah. don't what is think your, that what you is your, that. What's your What's your sibling situation, Stubb? I got one sister, uh, and we do gift okay. opening. Younger? Uh, older. Older by three years. Uh, you know what? I, I could tell. I could so tell by that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, the way you dress, the way you act, I knew you had an older sister. I just knew it. All right. Go on. Proceed. <laughs> and, then, and then we open youngest to oldest in that order, going around one at mm-hmm. a time between the four of us. And it usually you know, takes, mm-hmm. I don't know, one to two hours, probably usually two. We take our time, say thank you, really appreciate the gifts. And then we have breakfast. And then uh, just kind of go on with our day. We usually have a, a nice dinner at the end. Is it like an el- elaborate breakfast? Is no, it, it's you know, usually... Omelets? Is it, what is it? It's just something my mom has either whipped up the previous night and kind of like heats up real oh. quick or maybe some quick eggs to uh-huh. get us kind of like through the day. And then we have the big dinner, mm-hmm. some lobster mac and cheese, some nice ham, maybe some mashed potatoes. Uh-huh. So usually, at least as let a me, kid... Let me, important question. Okay. Important question. All right. Have you ever gone to see a movie on Christmas? We we tried once. Uh, we alternate every year. Yeah, the answer the answer should be no. All right, because <laughs> that is not your tradition. All right, that is my tradition. Oh, my all right, bad, my you bad. know that is that is a, that is a December twenty fifth staple in the Epstein family. You have to go see a movie. You have to pay for the tickets. You can't see it at a home theater. You have to go drive, get in your car, pay for the popcorn, pay for a large soda, buy the tickets, see the movie. And then you go get Chinese food. That's what we do every Christmas. So I'm I'm glad that you're sticking to your own traditions. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, every year we we every other year we are in Baltimore to see our extended family on uh-huh. Christmas Day. And once right. we try, I mean, to how go, awful is Baltimore? Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty so bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was there this weekend, and I was like, "Hey, uh-huh. everyone that lives here, why do you hate Virginia so much? Because everyone that's called yeah. in to Grant and Danny is talking about how much they hate Virginia now that we're moving stadiums here." I was like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think about Maryland. Yeah. And it seems yeah. like everyone no, in Maryland I, every day you. talks about how much they hate Virginia. It, well, there's, a, there's a war between between the two states. Absolutely. It's like a silent war. But then all of a sudden, when it comes up in conversation, you know, then it becomes serious. We, we, we used to go to Baltimore for Hanukkah parties at uh, my grandmother's house, my mom's house. And we would have such a good time. And we would do this, like, white elephant uh, gift giveaway kind of thing here, or 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 we just do Hanukkah presents and, and give them out. And as a kid, it was so much fun. Now that I'm 30, we don't do that anymore. The tradition has died. I don't get any presents for Hanukkah, and so that's why I'm so jealous of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do a, a family white elephant, and and I, it's a weird white elephant sometimes. 
Uh, one, my cousin mm-hmm. one year brought a live tarantula as their white elephant. Kid. No. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was luckily too young uh, to be participating yeah. at that time and was in a different room because that would have. Uh, I'm terrified of spiders uh, more than most people are. That would have. Uh, I would have gone into a state of shock. I might have passed out. Yeah. If I was in the room for that right. moment, that was a. <laughs> I don't know why my grandma was the one to open it. My 75 year old grandmother's. Opening a Christmas present, all excited. Oh, live tarantula hanging out, looking at her. Yeah, see, that's how you. Uh, I hate that. That's a, that's a heart attack in the making. Yeah. Right there. What are we doing, Stub? What is your your family is a bunch of uh, Scrooges? I mean, come on now. Uh, we do have breaking news here on the fan, though. I'm enjoying this Christmas conversation, but uh, we do have breaking news on the fan. News on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. Following the debacle game for the Commanders against the L.A. Rams yesterday, Commanders have released long snapper Cameron Cheeseman, according to Ben Standig for The Athletic. Not a surprise after yesterday's game and earlier this season, but Washington moves quickly after the game. They have released long snapper Cameron Cheeseman. The team announced, I know Michael Phillips uh, mentioned this. I've heard several people say this on social media. After one of the missed field goals or, or bad snaps, you saw Ron Rivera kind of mouth to another coach, it's time. The commanders have finally moved on from their awful long snapper, Cameron Cheeseman. The Commanders have cut the cheese here on December 18th. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. It's the Richmond Commander coming up next.